the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. The man who I served as deputy for strategy in the White House, who then put me on a presidential commission in the Department of Defense, has agreed to graciously join us today here on America First. He's the 45th president of the United States, Donald John Trump. Welcome to America First. Well, and you did a great job, Sebastian, for us in the administration. You were fantastic, and we appreciated it. And uh, you also were fantastic on the commission. We very much appreciate the job you did. Thank you very much. Well, first things first, so much to ask you. Thank you for joining us today from Mar-a-Lago. For all of our millions of listeners and viewers, please tell us, how is the former First Lady, Melania, how is the former First Family? Well, the family is good. The First Lady is really great. She's doing fantastically. Uh, I can tell you she's missed. uh, People love our First Lady. And I see it when I make speeches, they have signs, we love our first lady and so many of them. So uh, we, uh, we're we all doing very well. It's uh, too bad what happened. Uh, we got 75 million votes plus, in my opinion, plus, 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 you know that. Oh, yes. And uh, we did a great job. We ran twice and uh, we won the first time and we won by more the second time. We won by more than 12 million votes, more than we got the first time. So it was really something, and we continue to fight that and also to look forward. Well, I'm going to ask you about your future plans uh, later on, but first things first. The last time I saw you physically was at Andrews Air Force Base uh, the day of the inauguration when uh, you and the First Lady were there, your last flight on Air Force One to Florida. Since then, yeah. we have seen outrageous things happen. Uh, our humble YouTube channel with a quarter of a million followers was terminated by Google on Friday. You with 91 million followers on Twitter. Please, uh, can you give us your response or a a hint of what your plans are? There's much talk about a Trump platform. What is the right way to respond to the fascistic cancel culture of big tech, Mr. President? Yeah, well, it wasn't only 91 million. There were other sites. And then if you look at uh, POTUS, you know, we had a POTUS site. And I think we had 36 million on that one. So uh, and then you also have uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram, and you have so many, so many different things. So it's, you know, hundreds of millions of people. It's a disgrace. At the same time, I think I'm getting the word out really well. We uh, do releases. We release when there's something like today, we did a release on Johnson and Johnson. Why did the FDA, I understand the FDA very well. I'm the one that pushed them. Otherwise you wouldn't have a vaccine for three to five years if you had one at all. And so I understand why did they have to do that to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? because they put a stigma on it by doing what they did. And uh, it's uh, just, it's a disgrace. Frankly, it's a disgrace. They want to get publicity or they want to do something, but I know them very well. 
I know him very well. You wouldn't have had a vaccine for a long time if you ever would have had it. And it's it's too bad. It's too bad what they did because it makes it uh, it makes it difficult, frankly, for for that vaccine. And that's you know a one shot vaccine, easier to transport. It's got a lot of uh, and it had something very interesting. I guess uh, zero people when they had COVID, zero people died from it. They had uh, a zero percentage uh, died from it. That's a big deal. So for them to go and say, we're going to pause it, that's a bad thing when you say you're going to pause it unless you had a big problem and they seem to have a very small problem. So it's just, uh, I think it's a shame. And how hard was it for three vaccines to be created in less than a calendar year? Could you give us some of the, the inside story? How hard was it to get the U.S. government with the corporations to create that historic success? Well, it was very hard. Uh, we had an FDA that takes a long time to approve things, as you know. Uh, you had Fauci saying it's going to take three years, maybe much longer. Uh, most people thought you couldn't do it in five years. Most people thought you'd never even get a vaccine. I felt confident. And we did something else. We spent billions of dollars on manufacturing the vaccine before we even knew if it was going to work. It was a calculated risk. And if we didn't do that, you wouldn't have had it for nine months after the date that they announced, which, as you know, because of what I did with drug prices, with the favored nations clause, that's going to be the biggest thing ever, assuming Biden keeps it uh, for drug prices. The drug companies aren't exactly in love with me. And they announced it two days after. I think everyone knew we were right there, but they announced it two days after. Now, supposing they announced it before, though, Sebastian, right. the press would have played it down. So if they announced it before, they would have acted like no big deal. When they announced it after, they made a big deal out of it. But uh, between the FDA, who we pushed at a level that they've never been pushed before. So we got the vaccine done in less than nine months, and it would have taken three to five years. I don't think they ever would have had it. And how concerned are you, Mr. President, that America is not back to work yet, except for the outlier GOP governors like Ron DeSantis? Millions of Americans still cannot get back to work or run their businesses. Well, it's hard to believe what they're doing in some states. I mean, I looked at Michigan. I don't think there's a state that's been more closed than Michigan. And they have, like this outbreak, they're doing worse than anybody. I mean, they've literally been closed. And you saw what happened yesterday. They are, they are not doing well at all. And it's incredible. It's incredible. So, you know, when we did what we did when uh, we, when I allowed people, you know, depending on the governor, because the, we were also, you know, the, it's a local thing to a large extent, but you look at Florida, you look at Texas, you look at a lot of different states that opened up. They do better than the states in terms of the illness itself, in terms of the, the Chinese virus. They're doing better. They actually do. Think of it. They actually do better than some of these closed states. But Michigan, I mean, other than her husband, there was nobody allowed to even move in Michigan. And, of course, he was doing things that he wasn't supposed to. But you take a look at Michigan and now... That was the news yesterday that, you know, in Michigan, it's an outbreak. So uh, it it just seems to be that uh, the Republicans have done really a very good job. You look at New York, you look at Los Angeles, you look at California, what happened in California and, you know, what they've done to the economies. It's just staggering. New York, I don't know, does it ever come back? And California is, is uh, 
staggering what they've done to their economies and what they've done to children by not letting children go back to school. You know about it. I don't ever go over it, but it's having a tremendous uh, psychological impact. It's tragic. But at least uh, a good friend of America First, uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin, has declared his candidacy for the governor of yes. New York. So that's that's good news. Mr. Right. President, if I... He's, if I, He's a very good man. He's a great man and, and a veteran. If I may move to that topic, to national security, yesterday... Uh, I had the honor to go to Fort Bragg to address uh, our future Green Berets. Uh, they offline privately told me morale is not good amongst our fighting forces, especially our special forces at Bragg. Um, could you comment on what uh, our enemies think? You stared down China. You put Russia back in their box. Now we have an incumbent in the White House who gives nat- national addresses about female-shaped body armor and maternity flight suits. What do our enemies, the ones yeah. who had to deal with, what do they think of the current incumbent? I think they're laughing at us like they've never laughed before. Uh, our political, and you you could say this, politically correct uh, armed forces where they're sending out documents uh, talking about all sorts of things that shouldn't be discussed, that shouldn't even be thought about. Uh, You look at what's going on legally within the Army. I mean, I I actually now I asked somebody the other day, so if a general tells a private what to do, and if, if the general's slightly harsh, is that acceptable? And they weren't sure how to answer the question. Do you understand? This is just crazy it's what's stunning. going on. It's, now, it's... I think the world is laughing at us. And they weren't laughing before. When we were in, they were not laughing so much. Oh, no. I'll tell you we're... what. We didn't have this problem with Russia. We didn't have China circling Taiwan. We didn't have all of the things that are happening right now. Everything... We, have a good rela- we had a very good relationship with Kim Jong-un. Everything's changed in the last 100 days. We're going to continue our discussion with the 45th President of the United States on Rumble, on our live stream, returning to our radio listeners momentarily. Stay with us and the President. Mr. President, um, the next topic, uh, you have opened your office. Everybody needs to go to 45office.com. It is where you can get the regular updates from the 45th President of the United States that we then repeat on social media. Um, Can you give us uh, your uh, predictions of the future, what your plans are? I've written a piece recently saying we need a MAGA machine. We need a machine that vets that checks out and then promotes real America First candidates. You've made several key announcements, endorsements. Do we have enough of a bench for next year? And then, of course, 2024, Mr. President. So I think we have a great bench. I think we have a lot of uh, really good people that are going to be running for office. Uh, The endorsement that I give has a lot to do with a lot of victories, which is a great honor for me because... People trust us. And you see what what's happening is when I endorse somebody, they're winning. I think we're 128 and two in the last cycle, 128 and two. And nobody ever thought a thing like that was possible uh, when we endorse congressmen. You know, we lost no seats in Congress. We won 15. We were supposed to lose 25 and we ended up winning 15. And we're very close to taking Congress. We're very, very, very close. I think we're going to do a very good job in the House. I think we're going to have a victory. I think we're going to have a victory in a year and a half. You know, the time flies. But uh, we are very much involved in uh, congressional candidates and senatorial candidates and 
uh, I think you're going to see a, a tremendous uh, amount of win. Uh, I think also what's happening with respect to, uh, and you know this better than anybody, I know you have it on your show a lot and you're studying it, but the border. The border, there's never been anything like this. Hundreds of thousands of people are forming right now to come into our country. They think they can do it. They're not checked out. You talk about COVID. There's plenty of other problems that they have. And, and many of these people are bad people where the countries don't want them. They put them in caravans. And we end up getting murderers and drug dealers and uh, human traffickers and all of these people that the countries, whether it's Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico, in all fairness to Mexico, uh, they're sending people into this country. We've never had anything like it ever before. And all they had to do is just leave the policies. It was not easy to get. I had to win them in court. I went to court. I won tremendous court cases. I had to win many court cases on the wall. The wall was almost complete. It was delayed for two and a half years because Congress and everybody else was suing us on the wall. I won those cases. The wall was almost complete. And then they said they don't want to complete it. So maybe they will. Who knows? I mean, now I'm hearing they have to complete it. But, but um, it, it was so good. It was all they had to do is leave it the way it was. We had such professionals. We worked with Border Patrol. We worked with ICE. We worked with everybody. We had it at a level that nobody's ever seen before. And in one day, come to America, come through. It was like it was like people. And we're not just talking about Latin America, South America. We have people coming in from Yemen, coming in from the Middle East, coming in from everywhere. It's a, it's a disgrace. It's a shame. Very tough for them to stop it now. Not so easy. Uh, for them to go and do the deals that I made with Mexico and the three countries that I just named, uh, very, very tough for them to do that. When you were the commander-in-chief, you had to face these challenges, whether it was the threats on the southern border, whether it was international actors, China, ISIS, you name it. We are back with... Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States. Right now, when you see the last 90 days, the 170,000 illegal aliens, China literally, you know, slapping America in the face at the Anchorage summit, when you see the jobs being killed by XL pipeline decisions, what are you most worried about? What concerns you the most? Which of these threats being mismanaged by the current administration has you most worried at night, sir? Well, you always have to worry about defense because uh, you look at what they're doing with defense and you look at the way they're talking to their soldiers and these great people that are in the military. It's horrible. It's, it's the, the disrespect. It's actually a disrespect to our country. And you look at all of the things that are happening. You look at everything going on with respect to the border that we just discussed. You look at all of the things that are going on with respect to look at the vaccine today. To do that with Johnson & Johnson is an absolute disgrace. I mean, millions and millions of people are being saved by that vaccine. And for, that, what, for them to do a pause, and why are they doing it? For politics or for, for their own self-gratification or for some publicity? Well, they shouldn't do it that way. And now you've caused that doubt. They're trying to get rid of the doubt because you have the anti-vaxxers, and, uh, and yet they go out and they do something like this. It's an absolute disgrace, yeah. uh, just a total disgrace. So many different things, so many different things. But 
you know, I, I don't know, somehow the border is captivating to people because you're going to see hundreds of thousands of people lining up and they're going to be marching into our country and they're going to go unimpeded because these people, they don't know what they're doing and everybody knows it. And we had the best border we've ever had. Mr. President, we have millions of listeners from uh, Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., live streaming on Rumble as well, available wherever we uh, get our podcasts from. Uh, what is your message to those who are concerned that, God willing, if you decide to run again in 2024, will the rhinos still exist? Will the never-Trump class still exist? Or can we finally rid ourselves of those who say they're conservatives, Mr. President, but who really don't love this country? Well, you'll always have rhinos. And in many ways, the Democrats beat out the rhinos. It's uh, some of the sometimes uh, some of these people that within the party, when you have uh, and, and obviously uh, the Mitt Romneys, the little Ben Sasses, uh, the people that that are uh, Murkowski in Alaska does a, just a horrible job. When you have people like that, they don't seem to have – they stick together. Democrats stick together. They have horrible policy, fortunately for the Republicans. You wouldn't have a Republican party. They have horrible, horrible policy, but they stick together. They're vicious which is a terrible thing. They're vicious. They're violent. They're vicious. Uh, but they stick together. The thing is, their policy is so bad. Defund the police. Let's uh, open up sanctuary cities. All of the things, you, what your discussion with me on military, they don't want to take care of the military the way the military has to be taken care of. We rebuilt the military. The job I did and the job that we all did on the military, we've rebuilt the military. When I came in, the military was depleted. It was exhausted. It was tired. The equipment was old. We've rebuilt the military, and it's been you know, amazing. Some people call it a miracle. They call it the greatest miracle the fact that I got the vaccine. They Actually, all sides admit that. But they call the military, the rebuilding of the military, somewhat of a miracle. And then we have Space Force, all the things we've done. But when you see what's going on now, it's a very sad thing to watch, actually. Perhaps the most concerning of all to the listeners who call in, who text us here at America First on Salem Radio Network, is those who've lost faith, Mr. President, those who say because of the cowardice of so-called Republicans in four key states in the state houses that weren't prepared to do their constitutional duty after January the 6th, um, that they've given up, that they think America first and the MAGA agenda is dead in the water. What do you say to those of the 74 million plus who say they're just going to steal it again and we're not going to be part of that? What is your message to those who are disheartened and intimidated, Mr. President? Well, I think it's a great question and statement at the same time. And I will say this, I have never seen such love as we have right now. The election was rigged and stolen. It was a disgraceful election. It should have never been allowed to happen. Mitch McConnell should have fought it. And instead of fighting it, he didn't do a thing. And then he just said, uh, you know, he made the statement about Biden and Biden is uh, what, what he's doing for this country. Nobody thought that 
it could be this bad. I was saying I thought it might, but this is more than Bernie Sanders ever dreamt of. He never thought it was possible, the kind of things that they're signing. And now they're going for your guns and they're going for other things that nobody would have believed even possible. Energy independence. Look at your gas. Look at the, the gas pumps. Look at look, look at what you're paying for gasoline now compared to four months ago. Look at what's happening, and it's going to get much more. It's going to go up many fold. I mean, it's going to levels that people are going to be shocked at. And you know who the big beneficiaries, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Russia. And those are the beneficiaries. Those are the big beneficiaries. And Iran, of course, is going to be a big beneficiary. Look at the, the Iran deal. Iran was ready to make a deal, and now we're now they are laughing at the United States. So I just say that it's uh, it's very sad. I don't think MAGA has ever been stronger than it is now. It's stronger than ever before. I think we're going to do really well in a year and a half. The elections, all of a sudden, it just it's going to happen, and it's going to happen bigger than maybe bigger than ever before. But uh, make America great again, America first. It's all. A very similar thing. You know, they want to end. China came in and they said, we don't want the America first uh, policy. So the Biden administration said, oh, we won't have it then. Can you imagine? We won't make America first. Because essentially that's what they're saying. And that's what they're doing. They're not making America first. It's about America first. It's about make America great again. And I think it's never been stronger. And the election uh, was a disgrace. It was the election of a third world country. You saw it. And I called it with the ballots. I said, with all these ballots, they're sending out millions and millions of ballots. They used COVID in order to rig the election. And people know it. You read that Time magazine article from a few, from two months ago. It was a cover story. They couldn't help but crow. They couldn't help but brag about it. But you get that. You'll see just part of it. But that election was a disgrace to this country, and we're not letting it happen again. And the state legislatures have to be smart. Now, if you look at Florida, Texas, Ohio, uh, we won states, Iowa, you look at states where it was straight. We won them in records. We won them by phenomenal margins. Look at Florida, how well we did in Florida. It was easy. It was over fast. But then you look at areas, you look at states that were poorly run. You look at Georgia, the governor of Georgia, what he failed. He failed our our country. You look at what happened in Pennsylvania, where you had more votes than you had voters. You look at uh, Michigan. You look at Detroit. You had more votes than you had voters, and nobody did anything about it. You look at the Supreme Court is a disgrace. They're a disgrace to our country because they had cases in there that would have been they they didn't do the right thing. And by the way, they didn't rule on the facts, as you know, as well as anybody. They ruled on nothing. They didn't want to hear the case. And the one thing that's it's whether you, you can talk about dead people voting, you can talk about illegal immigrants coming in. You can talk about people that don't live in the state, all by the thousands. But the one thing you can't even argue about is. The state legislatures in the Constitution are the only ones that can change an election and change the procedures and all the rules, regulations. And you know what? They didn't do it in five or six in the five swing states. They didn't do it. They didn't change them. And they were very close. And we're talking about massive numbers of votes. We're talking about massive. 
it was in the it's in the Constitution that the state legislatures have to make these changes, not local politicians and not local judges. And that's who changed it. And it is a disgrace to our nation that the Supreme Court didn't rule on that. Where does the responsibility lie? Is it the Supreme Court? Is it the legislatures? Or, Mr. President, is it the RNC that didn't predict any of this and put in some kind of measures to prevent it happening? Where where do you put the blame? Yeah. I put it on everybody. everybody. I put it on everyone. I, I think we ran a great campaign. I made 59 stops in terms of, you know, we have rallies, and there wasn't an empty seat. There wasn't an empty place at a rally. Every rally had 25, 30, 35,000. We had 50, 60,000 in some of the rallies. And, and you know, we'd organize them a couple of days before. The people would line up two, three, four days early, and they go to these rallies. They were not states that could be lost. It was not possible to lose Pennsylvania. And in my opinion, Georgia was one big uh, Michigan, we won. Look at Detroit. Look at what went on in Detroit. Look at what went on with the vote watchers in yeah. these various states where they threw them out of the buildings. We didn't, we didn't have Republican vote watchers, which is a constitutional right, which you have a right to have vote watchers. They were thrown out of buildings. Uh, I think it was everywhere. Look, it starts with the legislatures of basically five states. You could say six, but basically five states. Uh, and the legislatures, they should have they should have done something because they didn't rule. They didn't make the changes. Local politicians, local judges made all of these massive changes and they made it impossible. Now, with all of that being said, you have many other things that were crooked as hell with the elections, too. But look at what happened with respect to the fact that the legislatures did not make the rulings and therefore those all of those hundreds, those millions of votes that we're talking about weren't counted. And these are game changers. These aren't like, you know, 10 votes uh, of, of some category. These are millions and millions of votes. This was a corrupt election. This was the election of a third world country. When you look at the voting areas where they tabulate, where you look at, at you literally looked at people that were dumping these ballots all over the place. They're putting them in bags. They're putting them in in wagons and wheelbarrows and moving them around. Where are they going? It was a third world operation in many of the states, but in particular in the swing states, because where we lost is in, uh, we didn't lose, we won. But where they say we lost is the swing states. And we didn't lose in the swing states. We won them big, just like we won. You don't win, as an example, Alabama by a record and South Carolina by records and all of these states surrounding and then lose Georgia. You don't win uh, Ohio by a record and lose Michigan. It just doesn't happen. We, we, We had tremendous victories. Wisconsin, we had one judge who was a rogue judge. It would have it should have it should have been an easy victory for us what they did in wisconsin and the people in wisconsin are angry and the voters are angry the people of this country are angry you're angry but the people (laughs) of this country are angry and then they want to silence you they don't want you to talk about the election you know why because we're so close it's too close to home they don't want to talk about it because there's no way they can justify it there's no way they can justify all of the things that i've said 
but in particular the fact that legislatures did not make the changes. And I only wish that Mike Pence sent it back to the legislatures, because by the time they got it on January 6th, by the time they were voting, those legislatures, they were ready to do things, in my opinion, that would have been election-changing. Sir, uh, you've been very kind with your time. I have one question for you. We've been going through the breaks on radio because we have the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, with us. You can catch the whole interview in its entirety at our Rumble channel. YouTube terminated us because we questioned the results of the election, or one of our guests did. Go to rumble.com slash Seb Gorka to catch the whole of this interview. Uh, Mr. President, I, I left uh, your administration early on because certain deep state actors inside the building like H.R. McMaster and John Kelly were making my place there untenable, and I decided I could best serve you on the outside, and, and you very graciously agreed. As somebody who believes in America first, as a legal immigrant to the United States who wants to see more MAGA, not less MAGA, I dearly hope, and 74 million plus million Americans hope that you decide to run in 2024. If you do, you'll get the nomination and, and you will win. But then we still have the deep state to contend with. Do you have yeah. a plan? Are you going to do things I differently? Do. Yeah. I do. Uh, and frankly, I have people that are so good. And you saw that as we were going through. And you do have uh, people that get into administrations that, you know, I, I thought Kelly was terrible. Uh, who would have thought he was going to be? But, you know, I got rid of him. That was the end of that. Mark Meadows, by the way, did a great job, yes. as, he, uh, as you know. I think, I think you're a big fan of Mark. And you make you make changes and you make adjustments as you go along. And now that I've been in Washington and, and become, you know, so well-versed in Washington, I have people that are so great. By the way, you're one of them. But I have people that are so good. And we have a lot of – look, we had some great people. We had we did a great job. Very few – I think you could say very few presidents have come close to doing the job we've done. I, I think we did – very few people have been able to do anything close to what we've done. We've had great people, but we had some people that weren't good, and uh, you won't be seeing them again. Uh, in addition to your new website where people can subscribe and get your your reports and your statements, 45office.com, and in addition to your pack, the Save America pack, uh, is there anything else Americans should do, consider doing, that are listening to this show right now across the nation, Mr. President? Well... Yeah, DonaldJTrump.com. Send the money because we're putting it, uh, we're, we're forming, we're raising a lot of money for a lot of good people, including uh, the potential of what we're going to be doing very shortly. So we're raising a lot of money. It's been very, very successful, and uh, we want to make sure that this country is going to be saved. Look, our country is being destroyed. It's being destroyed at the borders. What they're doing with the military is horrible. So many different things. And we have to save this country. We were, it was a very unfair situation. It took place at the election. What they did, rigging and stealing this election, and then making all of these horrible changes that people don't want, but these horrible, horrible changes. And you haven't seen the end of it. Wait till you see what happens with the Second Amendment. Wait till you see other things that they're working on. And this was an election an election that obviously people know it was rigged and it was stolen. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace to our country. 
and they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. Mr. President, the listeners of America First uh, want to send our respect, our admiration to you, to Melania. It was a great honor to serve you in the White House. God willing, uh, we'll be able to do that again in the not-too-distant future. God bless you, Mr. President. Very good, Sebastian. Thank you very much. Have a good time. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. The Congressional Budget Office just released its annual forecast for budgets, debt, and deficits. The news is not good. And even worse than the bad news in the report is the statement of the head of the CBO who admitted that the report didn't include the effects of the recently passed $1.9 trillion stimulus bill, which will make debt even worse. The report had another interesting little observation. CBO admits that our lack of population growth will be a major impediment to growth in the future. If we fall below replacement level, our population shrinks, and it's almost impossible for productivity increases to make up for that. And of course, as we sail into anti-growth policies, we accelerate a decline in productivity. A nation which does not reproduce itself has no vision for the future. A nation that avoids and aborts its children also aborts its economic future. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.